mankind has been fascinated with realms outside of our conscious awareness. Through a series of interviews with practitioners, guest speakers, and experts, Liberate the podcast covers all that and more, from health and holistic healing to the supernatural. We aim to educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today, we're having a special guest. Her name is Vanessa. She's an international speaker, coach, and channel, and we're going to be having her at Liberate Hollywood next month, um, in November 17th, but I want to have you learn a little bit about her, and so a channel is always a very interesting aspect. A lot of people don't understand what that that means. It's and, true. And, and you know, there's so many different types of speakers, so many different types of coaches, and so let's start there with a little bit about how mm-hmm. you define yourself, what roles you play, and what what information and, and tools you you utilize, right. and then we'll go and hear a little bit about your life journey. Sure, too. sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it is. A complex and robust body of work, especially when we talk about what channeling is, because people are like, what is that? What does that mean? So I look at myself as a messenger or a vehicle to allow spirit to move through me, to be able to help share messages or what we call in the channeling world transmissions Mm -hmm. of higher dimensional or higher consciousness wisdom and information and healing that can help to elevate the consciousness of the planet. Okay, so, so let's let's break that down in a little sure. smaller chunks. I mean, some people might like get that fully, but transmissions, right. these yes. other things. Okay, so sure. So you you open yourself up. Well, what do you do? What do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can break it down very yeah. simply so that everybody understands. So, uh, trans channeling actually was not something that I always did. Um, I've been a channeler in more of a conscious state, meaning when I would be having like a a conversation with a client or in a group, basically I would be able to receive information intuitively and be able to channel it through. So you wouldn't even really know Mm. that I'm channeling. Sometimes my clients would say my my face might change slightly, but about, oh gosh, two years ago now, um, when I was in Mount Shasta, I had a really incredible experience where um, my channel opened even more and the Palladian guides who I specifically channel a fifth to seventh dimensional extraterrestrial race that they say they are human beings in the future and they've come back now to help us with our spiritual awakening to help us with our evolution um, as a species and in our consciousness in our vibration help us to really reach our fullest potentiality as human beings by activating more more love okay. within us, helping us to remember who we are. These beings came through, and I started to do these group channeling evenings and, of course, working with clients. So the best way to break it down is, um, you know, I come into the space. Obviously, I set the space so it's safe and it's clear and it's pristine energy. And that, I think, is something that's very important for people to know. Like, okay, who is the channel and what are they channeling? And is the energy pristine? Because people can bring through anything. Yeah, and any vibrations, you know. And totally. It, that's one thing that I don't think people realize. No. They're like, oh, I'm getting information or I'm getting guidance. Well, if you're tapping into an energy, you're tapping... What energy are you specifically exactly. tapping into? Because there's a exactly. spectrum, you know. It's like, what radio station are you putting on? Mm-hmm. You know, you can turn the dial and you're playing a different station. And so, right. you know, there's so many 
different stations and then there's the AM and the FM and then, you know, the internet radio, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like it's the same for vibrations and beams and dimensions and energies that people can bring through. So Absolutely. So it's, it's so important, I think, for people to know that how I operate is of the highest integrity. Okay. I'm only bringing through beings that are of love. I'm, you know, I've been trained for years in this. I have a lot of mentors. I do ongoing training to make sure that my, you know, the space that I'm holding the energy in and, and these channeling sessions and events in is one that is safe, yeah. is one that is loving, is one that's going to help advance people forward, not hinder them in their progress. Yeah. So typically when a group comes together, you know, I create the container, I introduce myself, talk a little bit about my background because I want the audience to feel that they can trust me and feel safe with me. Okay. And then basically we go into the trance-like state. So it's a trance medium state. So basically what it looks like is I take you through a process where I get everyone grounded, where I clear out the space, where everyone is clear as well mm -hmm. and they're active in that process of restoring their energetic sovereignty mm -hmm. so they're coming in as sovereign beings they're filled with light their i am self their higher self is with them and then i move into a trance-like state and so basically my eyes are closed i am you know helping to channel the energy and sustain it through my body okay. and when the beings come in you can people who are really sensitive to subtle energies can feel the shift they can maybe yeah. even be able to see them um and once they move in when i give them permission to um, i start to talk and, and have a conversation with the audience and the three guides that work with me are mm -hmm. very engaging they're very loving, they're actually quite humorous, um, and they will begin a transmission. So the transmission is basically um, a message mm -hmm. or messages to the audience. Um, what I often say about my evenings with V events, which is just so interesting, is that each person that attends has been selected yeah. on some level. They, on a soul level, have chosen to be present and whether they walk away feeling like you know they were completely transformed and you know enlightened by the information or they get triggered and stuff comes up and they need to transmute that you know they have been selected for the specific experience people who are not meant to be there won't be there yeah and this type of frequency that comes in through the palladian guides is very specific so mm -hmm. it's a little different than working with angels, which I've been working with for many years, archangels, spirit guides, yeah. uh, and ascended masters. So it's a very, I want to say, precise energy. And so what they do is they, I don't know how, it, it, it just, it blows my mind. I'm enchanted by it myself because my analytical mind can't, you know, figure it out, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very surrendered to the process of it, and I don't try to figure it out anymore. I allow it to happen. And... What seems to be the case through and through whenever I've done these events and when I've worked with clients is that they somehow know the message that they're sharing to the group. It, it speaks specifically to each yeah. individual and where they're at and, and what they're experiencing, what they're going through. And of course, in group settings, that's going to be a little bit more general when somebody's working with me privately or in a very small, intimate group experience. It's a little bit more specific. But in the, the group dynamic, people see themselves in the transmissions, in the messages. They yeah. see the lessons. They see the gift. They're hearing something that's really resonating with, with something that's going on in their lives or within them. So 
their agenda really with us is to help us access our fullest potential. But because I work a lot with leaders and change makers and visionaries and artists, like people who are creating and producing and doing work in the world that is changing the world, making a positive difference. They love working with those individuals because they know that they're going to take that yeah. and they're going to do something with that information. It's like staying on the cutting edge of consciousness. That's what I was call it. You know, this yeah. work is on the cutting edge of consciousness because the messages, the vibration, the healing that they provide is helping people to really advance evolution in their evolution. Yes. And to go out into the world and to be, they call it, and they've given me this term, light leaders. Light leaders. Yeah. Instead of light workers, they're like, you're light leaders. You carry a frequency, uh, a consciousness, a mission that you are specifically coded with, that you are specifically here for. And we want to help to activate and allow you to go out into the world and and shine your magnificent self forward. They they talk a lot about magnificent self and how to allow that essence and that energy to come through. So the first little bit is these transmissions. And then people will ask questions and, you know, they get to ask things that are specifically going on for them. And then toward the end, this is a a really unique experience. Okay. um, Because if you've seen channeling, so a great reference that I like to give people, you know, especially in the spiritual community, if you're familiar with Esther Hicks, the Uh channels Abraham, that's a great, you know, example of what channeling is. Um, Paul Selig is another really wonderful channel um, who's written a series of beautiful books called I Am the Word. Um, and then, you know, somebody else, like if you're in the more of the galactic or extraterrestrial community, then, you know, Daryl Anka, who channels Bashar. Yeah. So, and there's a series of, of many more. And channeling has been something that, I mean, a lot of the religious texts were channel yes. texts and, you know, yes. from Mohammed to other people that channeled through. So, I mean, it's something that's not anything new. Exactly. You know, like, it's not a new thing. You know, yeah. but it's so like people don't have to be scared of it is what I'm saying and getting at is that, you know, allowing and getting these uh, transmissions and messages to come through, mm-hmm. you know, is is not so odd or weird, right? Right. Well, I and would say it is, is weird, though. That's well, the thing. Like, but everything's weird. I mean, it's, it's true. We're, it's we're, true. We're, I mean, <laughs> we're floating around an atomic bomb right now. Right. You know, like I mean, the fact that our skin cells know how to be skin cells. And yeah. I, I mean, the whole like life as existence is weird. It, I agree with you. I don't even know what normal is, but I I can. I can understand when people are new to this and they witness it for the first time, how it can be a little strange or, you know, not something that they experience on a daily basis. However, I will say this, because we're going through such a shift in consciousness, because so many people are, you know, rapidly awakening, Mm -hmm. there's so many more light leaders like myself who do this work that are stepping forward and stepping up into their missions to do this work and to normalize it. Like I look at it, like I think I'm here to normalize it for the masses so that it's not something that just a pocket of people around the world know about and then everyone else has no clue what this is. Like I yeah. I know that this work and, and, and the channeled messages can help many, many people, but you have to be ready for it, yeah. right? That That's the thing. like anything in life, you have to be ready 
to be able to receive it. Because if you're not ready to receive it, then it just goes over like, your head. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. In one yeah. ear and out, out the other. Oh, that was a cool experience. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you can read the same book over and over again, years apart, and mm-hmm. you pick up different words of wisdom as you go through. It's yes. the same book, you know, it just changed because you changed. Um, so through the process, how long have you been doing this, the more, uh, Mount Chasta type of channeling these Palladians? Yeah, it's been, it's been over about two years. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So that it all kind of came together now before that, I mean, I've been in my business for 10 years, so this is not, you know, and then we have to kind of go back in history in my timeline of my life, this life. Um, you know, I've always had this connection to spirits, Mm -hmm. so it's, it wasn't something where I was, you know, not on this path. It seemed like I wasn't on this path and it just kind of happened one day. Yes, it was a little surprising, but then it wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in Canada and I always had this strong fascination and connection to spiritual things, new age type yeah. stuff, you know, and would always look up at, you know, out the window, at the stars and be like, take me home. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of us can relate who are in this community. And I, I just had such a strong connection to something outside of myself and um, outside of this world. Yeah. And, you know, it was a struggle at times, feeling like I was kind of dropped off on a planet. I didn't really mm-hmm. know what the hell I was doing here and, you know, what was in store for me and... I felt very sensitive as a child, so there's a lot of empathic tendencies, but yeah. I knew how to hide stuff because I didn't feel safe enough to talk about the intuitive hits I would receive and the messages I would get and my sensitivities because I didn't see other people, my peers, yeah. even my parents talking about these things. And I was brought up Catholic and went to Catholic school up until I was 18. And how old were you when you say when you were a kid? Oh, gosh. I mean, my first remembrances of around this must be around, gosh, like maybe seven years old, eight yeah. years old. I mean, I remember having these little ceremonies. I, I talk a lot about this, you know, with the doors closed to my bedroom <laughs> with these crystal rocks. And I would hold them up to the light and I would do this little light language. Like I would start reciting this like affirmation type prayer thing. And would, would, I didn't know what I was doing, but the language that was coming out was so familiar to me, but I never told anybody. Yeah. And I would kind of tuck everything away under my bed and say, okay, nobody's going to know about that. And uh, there was something about it that felt very familiar and very right and true for me. And it was when I was 14 that I, I got a clear message. So my clear audience kicked in. Okay. Um, and I heard this message of going into the entertainment industry. Okay. You're going to go into this industry and you're going to use it as a vehicle to get your message out in the world and make a positive difference. Something along those lines, okay. right? And when you were 14. 14, yeah. So I was like, huh, this is interesting. I have nobody in the entertainment industry. I'm living in Canada in Toronto. I mean, it was the Hollywood North, so it wasn't that yeah. you know, extreme in terms of you know getting into this field and this line of work. But it was strange. I grew up in the suburbs. You know, most of my peers 
we're going to get jobs or going to school, you know. Well, just especially at that age, yeah. anything at that age, even if it was 18, 19, and you could say, okay, you have some, you know, you're moving towards that. But at 14, right. you're not really thinking about what kind of job or career you're going to have or Listen, what I was, you're going to make in the world. Exactly. It's just like a, a teenager embraces, you know, my biggest things were I'm going to high school, you know, I'm going to be a, a freshman in high school and, you know, feeling awkward and all teenage-like. But I, I, everything just seemed to come together with such ease and effortlessness in a way that I... Looking back, I'm even probably more in awe of it now than even I was then. So I had, you know, been classically trained as a pianist for okay. about 10 years. So I played piano and I had an ear for music. I, I would um, learn how to play by ear versus actually reading notes. Okay. I'm never very strong in math. So theory and all that was not my strong suit. But that was an advantage to me with singing. So... I was at high school and and a friend of mine who was in the music program told me that there was an audition for this female pop group. Okay. And I don't know what, you know, inclined her. Obviously, it was moved by spirit in some way. We were not even that close. We were friends, but we were not like in the the same circle. Um, She came over to me. I still remember her finding me in the hall saying there's this audition for this female pop group okay now this was during the time that britney spears and spice girls and okay the pop groups were really popular then so you know of course hearing this i was like oh my gosh that's so cool all right and i'm like but i don't have music i'm not trained in in singing or anything she's like don't worry i'm gonna help you with all of it and i remember um singing a ballad from monica and a pop song from mandy moore (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I went to this audition, I'm sitting in the waiting room and literally like looking at my mom, seeing all these stage parents and all these young kids with their guitars. I mean, they meant business. And I'm sitting there thinking, can you imagine if I actually made it into this group? Like I had no, you know, attachment either way to what was going to happen. I was just so thrilled to be there. Yeah. So I go through all these auditions and end up being one of the girls who makes it into this group. Oh, amazing. And we were selected with um, the producer that I was working with, Peter Mann, selected us with his eyes closed. So he was listening to the blend and the harmonization. So I'm in this group, and all of a sudden just things start to explode. And I have this acting agent. I end up getting one of the top agents in North America that was representing teenagers. You know, I'm doing acting classes. I'm, you know, in recording studios. I'm going to these, you know, events and performances by, you know, at night. And then by day, I'm this, you know, normal high school student going to classes. And, you know, I promised that I would go to university and get my degree as a backup. But, I mean, I was all in. I was so in with this industry. And what was the group called? Savvy Cafe. Savvy Cafe. I'm gonna have Don't to ask that. the name. You're not going to find much online because this was kind of prior yeah. to, um, you know, when YouTube and all that got. MySpace was really popular then. Okay. So we were on there. But I do have the songs, I have them on SoundCloud, actually. So, you know, we were doing this for a long time and, you know, I was acting and, you know, and then I started to model. But it was during that time period around 1819 that I started to get into like the conspiracy theories because even though I was in this industry, there was still this 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 part of me that was questioning our reality. Yeah. And I couldn't quite, I guess, digest and understand like why are we so unhappy in our society? Like why yeah. why I used to remember you know in the kitchen asking my mom, okay, so I don't get it. You guys go to work 
five days a week. You've got two days off. Like, who made these rules? Like, yeah. who told you that this is the way life is supposed to be? Like, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, and drive these little cars and do these right. little things. And, like, they, so, it's, 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 everything is so weird. It's so weird. And I, I honestly... I didn't get it. I, I really didn't. And I questioned it. My mom would always give me the same answer. Well, this is just the way life is. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just not good enough for me. <laughs> right? This little, like, indigo, rebellious teenager. So I started to get into some of this conspiracy theory work. And um, when I dove into it, again, by synchronicity, all came into my reality. I became depressed, actually, for about six months. Yeah. I, When I read the material, I was like, well, what the hell is the point in all this? It's like... <laughs> Because something within it actually kind of resonated with me, even though some of it sounded really outlandish and completely like crazy. Like what in particular? Because there's that's such a oh spectrum, gosh yeah you know? I mean so like what was one of the things that really landed with you that sounded like you know? just the whole idea of being programmed, being okay. programmed as a society, um, being controlled by um, beings or the elite. Uh You know, um, I mean, I remember even reading about the fluoride in the water and shrinking the pineal glands and being like, wow, you know, from our food, you know, to the, you know, and this was actually even before the time when a lot of these conspiracy theories got big, got big. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of relevant now to mainstream society. Mm -hmm. So at the time, you know, some of these people, I read a lot of David Icke's work at that time, you know, he was laughed at you know and a lot of the things that he was saying really made a lot of sense and Mm -hmm. so for me what happened was it was like the reset and the disconnect I needed to my upbringing around Catholicism okay and what I was taught about God and what I was taught about religion and that stuff didn't quite sit well with me fully even when I was growing up but I went along with it yeah and it was just what I needed to discover and explore what spirituality meant for me yeah. as an individual, as a sovereign being. And when that started to happen, I started to get introduced to, you know, Louise Hay and a lot of the self-love movement and Norman Vincent Peale's work, you know, the law of attraction and the secret when it really was still a secret. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it wasn't like a popular thing. It was like this underground thing at the time came into my reality and I started to question, you know, what I was also doing in this industry because even though I was having these incredibly cool experiences and, you know, living my dream, so to speak, the more I was diving into my own personal and spiritual exploration and awakening and, and working on myself, it started to feel more and more misaligned. There was like this gap that was forming and it was like that intuitive response that I had as a kid started to come back online, kicked in. And I would start questioning things and looking at my reality and be like, I've been in this for a really long time and nothing is really making a big difference in the world. And I actually started another business. I was an entrepreneur at an early age, like 21, and I had an event marketing and promotions business. Okay. And, you know, I was doing really amazing events with big, you know, corporate clients and worked with Fiji Water and the Film Festival in Toronto. And as cool as it was, when I would lay my head down at night, I didn't feel like I was ultimately promoting products. You know, I'm not just talking about Fiji Water, but just in general, like promoting products and and services that were really benefiting people. It was, you know, 
on the one end, we're being marketed to people, to the masses, as this being this amazing, really helpful, beneficial product. But then when I'd actually do some research on it, I was like, it's it's not yeah. really yeah. helping people. And there was a dissonance that was created as a result of this. And I thought, well, something needs to be done here. And in my entertainment career, what started to happen is really bizarre situations. I would book these amazing gigs and get these, you know, roles and, you know, things would be happening and then all of a sudden they would just disappear or they would fall apart. There would be loss on some level. And I was like, what is happening? So 23, I was working as a solo artist, as a singer, and I was on the brink of releasing a single and my manager and my producer had a conflict that caused them to separate. Mm-hmm. And I had a life coach at the time. It was my first life coach at 23. And I remember us finishing those sessions and him saying, like, you're just not cut out for this business anymore. And that, like, warrior inside of me that just had this yeah. such devotion and commitment to getting to L.A., to making it in this industry and having a voice, like using that as the vehicle to really make a difference in the world was like, no, forget it. Like, I'm going, I'm doing this, I'm committed to it. And I was set to come to L.A. I had some agents that I was going to meet. And about a month before, three weeks before I was set to go, I got a virus all over my face. Uh, and in my mouth and of course right it manifests there because when you come to Hollywood your image and your looks you know are part of the job so and I mean look at what you just said you were getting you were using your voice and so there it goes and it could collapse I literally couldn't drink water for like three weeks it was so bad I had a virus so I knew I just I knew it was the universe's way of saying girl, this is not your path anymore. Stop fighting it. Like, let me show you the way. And I started to slowly, you know, let go of everything, you know, let go of the event marketing business. I, you know, stopped with, you know, principal agents and modeling. I was doing some background work, you know, for, Mm -hmm. I was in the union, so it was paying the bills and, you know, went on this like soul searching path. And, you know, I was a flight attendant and I worked in office jobs. I did all these like, you know, everyday things that you know most people would be doing just to pay their bills and to figure themselves out and I was in this really awful job I would have anxiety going to it every day it was a cubicle job I was working um, actually for a company that would supply food for daycares and preschools and I hated it I mean I hated the job and I didn't really (laughs) like my boss either I don't think she really liked me we just didn't really see eye to eye and um, the day that I was going in to quit, she was firing me. So I leave this job and I'm literally in this vastness of emptiness. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this of being in this space of like, okay, there's nothing in front of me. I have no, like for the first time in so many years, I had no commitments. There was nothing there. There was no dreams. There was no goals. There was no hustling to make it happen. There was there was nothing. Yeah. And in that space of nothingness, I really found actually this 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 comfort in it for the mm-hmm. first time. Like I felt like I could breathe. And again, the voice came in, and you know, and I said, "Well, what am I here for? Like, what is my purpose? I thought that was my purpose when I was in that industry. What the heck was the point of all of that?" I've been exploring for like the last year. I've been, you know, meditating, doing yoga, getting back into my spiritual roots, all of this. 
what really is my purpose? And the voice said, well, you have been studying so much of this alternative health and wellness and personal development and spirituality. You're here to help people. Yeah. And you're here to help people by doing the things that you're most passionate about that you believe in. So I was like, okay. I ended up going back to school and never thought I would and learned coaching in there and, you know, studied, you know, workplace wellness, health promotion, organizational development. But I knew going into it that I was going to have my own business. And the director of my program was my next coach that I worked with for years. She was a Reiki master, did a lot of work with reconnective healing. She passed that book on to me, activated my hands. I mean, we had a really, really amazing relationship. She was a door opener for me. Um, she really helped me to become, you know, a coach mm-hmm. and to start my business and to create a lot of opportunities as an entrepreneur. And when I graduated that program, I mean, it was one of the best years of my life. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. And when I came out of school, I got my yoga, mindfulness certification, all that, and, and went to work. But at that time, I was also in a relationship and that relationship triggered, was a catalyst for a lot of my spirit gifts. So my partner was unfaithful that I was with at the time. So it was real life training yeah. for me to get my, my intuitive and my clairvoyant and my energy healing abilities turned on because I didn't know how to trust myself, which is something that I think so many of us struggle with. Yeah. It's one of the biggest things I, I, I think I so feel too. coming across is inability to be their self and inability to trust the self. Totally. But in hearing this, I mean, I just really want to stress this to the people that are, are listening is the the journey is your journey. Yeah. You know, and that a lot of times people get caught up in, well, what is my purpose or where am I supposed to go or what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And they forget that that aspect. Like there's so much. I mean, me looking at you and hearing your story, there's so much of that child teenage star element that is now giving you the ability to feel comfortable to spread the the spiritual message and the teaching and to get on stage and be a speaker and like had you not had that Mm -hmm. you might not have been able to do the next chapter it's like had you not learned algebra you're probably never going to learn calculus it's like and if you didn't learn math first you're not going to get to the next level and it's it's this continuous build so if, if people are listening and they're hearing and they're inspired uh, by your story, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in, in mapping their self into it, that they, they can find their story too and see where the thread ties everything together, yes. that everywhere you go, there you are. And so that exactly. they can awaken and they can move to that next direction at any time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's important, like hearing yeah. and tying that in for it, it, people. It is. I mean, it, it, and every path is unique. And I get asked all the time, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And like, yeah. you are in your purpose. You're, you already are in your purpose. It's just a constant exploration and holding of who you are and I mean we have such an attachment to our purpose being something that pays the bills or is Mm -hmm. a career and not everybody's purpose is going to be that yeah you know it's nice to have that but that's not really our purpose our purpose is to really be our most magnificent self to really be our fullest expression of who we're here to be and to come alive in doing that and be able to express that through different modalities and through our different gifts and through our different skills and through our personality, you know? So these experiences that I had were all the perfect setup for, you know, the past 10 years of what I've been doing, supporting clients all over the world, you know, groups, individuals, all that, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I would not have been able to show up as I have and also be able to really fully surrender. I mean, let me tell you, becoming a trans channel has been like, one of the hardest things I've ever gone through in my life. I mean, it's, 
it looks so easy because it's polished and because I've done so much work on myself all these years, but it's been so hard on the body. It's been so hard emotionally. It's a, you know, a, a, a form of work that is not particularly recognized yet by the masses, you know, and I will say this, my, my number one commitment has been to listen to what my soul and spirit is telling me and to act on it and to be with it. And that is what has gotten me to this point because, you know, in the last 10 years, I got that clear message about five years ago, you're taking this work into Hollywood. That's what you're here to do. You are here to take it into Hollywood. You are here to shift the consciousness in Hollywood, to be this conscious disruptor, to bring more light into this industry and to work with individuals, you know, who resonate with this Mm -hmm. work to elevate their frequency, their vibration. It's time. I mean, we are in one of the, you know, I would say the the biggest, most influential paradigms, right, in in the world. I mean... Mm -hmm the entertainment industry has the ability to really help people grow or, or not, right. Yeah. Or keep them asleep. And I'm speaking quite freely here when I speak yeah, about this. Absolutely. Um, because I think it's important because, you know, some of this is not going to resonate with people and that's okay. I don't expect it to, but for the people where they really feel like, wow, you know, my role is to be myself. And in that I'm spreading light. I am being positive. I am being, you know, loving. I'm doing my, you know, transformational work on myself. I get to make a difference in the world, whether it's on a community level or global level, it doesn't really matter. You know, every person counts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every, like we're saying, like every journey is unique. Yeah. And there's not one that's going to be the same, but that uniqueness is the absolute piece of like blueprint in the whole, you know, collective consciousness of, of your role, who you're here to be and what you're here to do. And, yeah. you know, to continue, like, I, I feel more than anything, one of the, the, the biggest messages that I give people is like, you get to be you. Yeah. Like, this is stripping away all the things that marketing, the entertainment world, that your yeah. parents, that your lineage, that your peers, that your society has told you to be, and you get to be you. Like, how revolutionary is that? It's so simple, but we have lived in a world that tells us to not be you and has programmed us, conditioned us to believe that being you is not enough. Yep. And that there needs to be some kind of, you know, proving something or validating or this or that. And Mm -hmm. it's constantly a perspective of the other. It's yes. people take their self and instead of looking through their own eyes, they're looking from eyes of around the room or around the place, looking at them. Mm-hmm. And they're more concerned with that perspective than their perspective. Exactly. And, and I think that, you know, yeah, it's beautiful. And, and it takes courage, right? Mm-hmm. For, for you to be able to authentically show up in your life yeah. and be you because that can often tri- trigger you know, other people around you who expect you or have seen you in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But that's even more of the sign, you know, to grow because we need some friction sometimes to be able to elevate and to grow. You know, yeah. a seed, when it's planted in soil, has to have some friction yeah. in the elements, right? Sun, water, you know, there's sometimes there's not enough rain. We live in California, you know, drought, you know, so there's, there yeah. is challenge in that, but that's part of the process. Yeah, and people get, I hear it over and over again, people want it, life to be perfect and easy, but then you would never grow, right? right. And the, the, another element besides like the, the seed and growing in the soil is an example is like the 
the butterfly caterpillar, right? Yes, exactly. If you rip the, yeah. the cocoon open too fast and you help the, mm-hmm. you think, or a child or somebody thinks that they're going to be helping the butterfly get out, but if they actually do that a day earlier, an hour earlier, yeah. or whatnot, the exoskeleton doesn't grow fast uh, hard enough and they'll never have their wings to fly. Right. And so that, that pressure and that cagement and that ability is actually what is causing the strength of building the wings to soar. You know, and looking, you know, because when I look at the course of my life, you know, the relationship I was in, that was extremely painful. There's a lot of growing pains going through that. You know, all these situations that are personal to my journey, you know, I've I've learned to recognize and see the gifts and the blessings in them. And one of the things that I've adopted, and, and this is helpful, it's like looking at all the circumstances in your life. And seeing how they're they're helping you, yeah. they're happening for you to really discover more of who you are and to share that. And then when we have this idea that oh, life, if my prayers are answered, it's going to look like this, this, and this, we're yeah. actually getting in the way of actually seeing how life is trying to move through us and push us to that higher place of in our evolution and our, our our magnificent self to be yeah. shared with the world. Yeah, and and if people just look back. Mm-hmm. Just for a moment at their past journey, not the situations that they're still feel the, feeling guilt, resentment, and anger towards, but the ones that are kind of neutralized and they look back to those really quote unquote negative moments in their life. And I think that there's not a person on this planet can't see how it served them. Yeah. You know, once it's neutralized, at least. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the growth in it is going through the process of saying, I'm ready to heal this and look at it and understand it from maybe a different perspective. Yeah. I'm ready to, you know, do that deeper work around it, Mm -hmm. which we need to get neutral. Yeah. Often. And so sometimes those are the, the prayers being answered. Yes. Sometimes that is the, you know, like for hearing your story with going through a relationship that you had where they weren't faithful and everything like that was the exact lesson that you needed to search deeper into spirit to channel on a deeper level to connect it to different beings right you know like and so had you not had that you know but there was that prayer already existed inside of you so the circumstance Mm -hmm. had to create the scenario and the ability to transform you of course you know and i i i love that that's what you're helping people see Mm -hmm. really feel and get on an inner inner level because i think the more people get that the more that there's no attachment if there's no attachment to how things need to be there's no pain and suffering either doesn't mean that things aren't uncomfortable doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. there's not a lesson to learn but learn it feel it then see how it's serving you and move beyond it Right. right right And, and when let's get out continuously creating and being an expression of us, right? Absolutely. And there's nothing more fulfilling than that. Mm-hmm. Like ultimate, I mean that really at the end of the day, I always say, well, I'm really truly a fulfillment teacher because I like that. We can talk about like consciousness. We can talk about vibration. We can talk about being you purpose, mm-hmm. all of that. But at the end of the day, aren't we just really searching for true fulfillment? Yeah. It's not going to come from, you know, what's happening out here those things are like the icing on the cake as i say yeah it's the extension of when you find that fulfillment within yourself and fulfillment comes from being in your fullest expression i believe that's just my opinion yeah i believe that too now through some of the channeling that you've done over the years if you could share a couple of the most inspirational or divine messages that you Mm. feel that have really 
stood with you and stayed even after mm-hmm. the session? Well, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, let's, no, no, let's no, pick no. a few really like powerful ones to you know, so people get an express or get an example of kind of what comes through, but sure. also like you know some of those words of wisdom that we can mm-hmm. leave people with. I remember one of my first group channeling experiences. You know, there was quite a few people who were quite advanced on their paths that mm-hmm. were sitting in the audience. A lot of teachers and coaches and practitioners and all that and they could pick up that several people in the audience were really looking for this like transcendental mind-blowing out-of-body experience (laughs) like there was this attachment and expectation that the answers that they were going to receive were just going to send them like in this total breakthrough aha okay and i was blown away after in in hearing the recording and having the feedback from people in the audience because they actually said, now is not the time for you to be out of the body. It's time to bring this energy down into the body. It's time to stop having expectations that your spiritual growth, that your life is always going to be these, you know, blissed out experiences. Mm. You know, there's a spectrum to your spiritual growth. There's a spectrum of love even, you know, like they've talked a lot about actually love as well. Being like what, how we've learned what love is or the concept of love is actually not true it's it's an illusion yeah we have this attachment thinking oh it's either love or fear well what if fear is actually a form of love and it's yeah. a deeper form and this judgment that we have even in this industry of, i gotta get rid of all my fears yeah. you know i gotta like f fears <laughs> yeah, what people, if I, people do that with all all quote-unquote negative emotions it's right. like but those they're there because they're supposed to be serving you pain exactly. pain is a is a is a is a signal that there's something wrong. Exactly. You know, anger exactly. allows you to know your boundaries. It's there. You know, it's it's so. I mean, it's things like these these kinds of concepts that they talk about. Then they've really brought up about presence, and I've been taking action on my own journey because, you know, when I channel, I'm actually receiving all of the healing yeah, of as well, and they put me into you know <laughs> my own process and one of the things that I've, I've seen so much that they've reinforced over and over again is you know this is the time period for us to get so present to but to really experience what pure present awareness is mm. what it means to be in the now and to find the fulfillment in that and I've seen across the board with a lot of my colleagues and people who've been on this path especially this year where it's like the rug has been swept up underneath them and all the things that created safety or created the illusion of safety, I should mm-hmm. say, um, and comfort, but maybe have not been fully aligned mm-hmm. where it was all brought up into view wow. and stripped away, stripped away quite intensely. Um, you know, and, and for me personally, I was put into sabbatical for most of this year wow. to heal my body. So I, I was getting exhausted and depleted and channeling requires a lot of energy for me to be able to bring that. I mean, it's not from this planet. I'm stretching the capacity of what my physical body can hold yeah. energetically. And I've had to do a lot of work on my body and my nervous system to be able to do this so smoothly and seamlessly and without being you know, wiped out for days and weeks afterward. But at first it was really taxing on my body. And through these teachings, they actually put me into the sabbatical. And they're like, we're going to 
take away everything because we know how important fulfillment is for you in the moment, more so than serving people, more so than your mission, more so than all these identities that you've had attached as a high performer, as somebody who's here to make a difference in the world. We want to strip you bare so you know the core of who you are, yeah. not through a definition or an attachment to something outside of you because none of that really... and, and this is a concept that on a mental level, so the things with the, the, the teachings that they have, it's like when I speak about it, I feel like words dilute it. And so yeah. in the, the work that I do with the Palladians, they also do light language healing and they do operatic tones. Okay. So it bypasses the ego, bypasses the mind, and it works on subtle body energies and you know levels and meridian points. It works in the field and yeah. it works in pulling things out and putting light codes in so that there's... There's just this evolution that happens in time. So I always tell people like, yeah, you're going to receive these really amazing transmissions, but it's actually the stuff that's unsaid that's even more powerful. It's reading in between the lines of some of the things they say, because some of the things they say may not be rev- like revolutionary to everyone, but there's something in it that can be ever so subtle, but it's this level of impeccable precision. They are about precision. Mm-hmm. Find sometimes working with angels and other guides is not as precise. Mm-hmm. This is an energy that is so precise but works on such subtle levels because right now it's not about these big, you know, huge explosions of transformation. It's about working on the most subtlest little pieces within you that you've been avoiding or that you're not consciously aware of or you've intellectualized but you haven't embodied because it's all about embodying this now yeah and those subtle changes even like you know roll a marvel just a little bit you know will create a huge difference you know of where it goes and it's over that period of time you know yeah so it's it's and, and it's not even just the words, I bet. It's uh, the energetics. It is. You know, it like, is. So you, you said that the people that are more sensitive to energy can feel the shift of vibration in the room just in the presence of the beings that being there. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's something to be said about just that frequency of where you're sitting within. Right. You know, too. Right. And they always say this in saying that. I love that you shared that. But they always say we're not gods. Like... Yeah. We're not the end-all or be-all. Just because we've been able to come through and deliver this message and maybe it's helped you, maybe it hasn't. Like Whatever we're saying to you, we honor the, the magnificent self inside of you that knows truth. So if something doesn't you know, resonate, yeah. throw it away. We're okay with that. You know, We just offer you... What they offer is a perspective, yeah. a specific perspective... That even me as an intuitive and as a as as a as somebody who has been doing this work for a long time and coaching and healing and energy and all that, I just don't get. Yeah. They have a perspective that's different, but that perspective may not sit with you. I mean, yeah. sometimes, most of the time, it kind of goes right in. It yeah. depends if you're ready to really hear it. But they always want you to be the the. The, the, the person who has the ability to say yes or no to that yeah. and to listen to your own inner authority, which I love so much because one thing I don't want to see with this work is that these beings become like, oh my goodness, whatever they say, you Need know, is be, true, yeah. you know, and I want to really position that, that this is an opportunity. I've, I, I made this agreement to do this work because it's another tool yeah. to help people and to advance consciousness on the planet. But the minute it starts to become egoic or the minute it starts to not help people, yeah. I'm out. I, yeah. I don't need to be a part of that. And yeah. 
that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a really loving and enjoyable and juicy experience, enriching experience for people to be a part of. And as much as I've ex- described yeah. so much of this, it's one of those things you've got to experience it. <laughs> so speaking of having to experience it, uh, where can people find you and locate you? Because I know that you do private, you do mm-hmm. other uh, channeling uh, group sessions, and you know, so. Where can they find you? Well, you can visit my website at vanessapetronelli.com. We'll put that in the in the bottom. Yeah, because it's a long name. <laughs> I don't expect you to remember that. Um, and I'm really active on social media too, so I do a lot of posts that um, you know people have told me really add a lot of value and um, support in in their lives. And you know, you can join my newsletter. You can find me on Instagram at Vanessa Petronelli and on, on Facebook. Uh, my business page on there is at V Petronelli. Okay. Um, so those are the best ways to get a hold of me through there. All right. And we're having you on the 17th yes. of November. Yes. Here that's even at, better. At, at 5 p.m. <laughs> so if you listen to this before November 17th and you're in the Los Angeles area, definitely come out to uh, Liberate Hollywood for a live experience. And yes. If not, you know, and you're listening to this before or, I mean, after, or it might be um, you're out of the area, you can find where you're going to be in whatever cities and locations are online and streaming, and we're going to offer that available on yes. live stream as well. So. Yeah, so if you're somewhere outside of the L.A. area, you can also join us online via live stream. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. If you had to leave everybody with one thing, what would it be? Oh gosh, these questions are so tough. Hmm, what wants to come through? There we go, we get experience of her channeling. I see it. (laughs) (laughs) What's coming up in like this area of my third eye is just, it's like this, just very simple, like be authentically you. I mean, it's, there's, there's no one like you. You know, it's, there's something about this message this conversation about that because not all the conversations are like that when I'm interviewed but there's something about whoever needs to hear this it's time for you to step into your most fullest authentic expression don't waste any more time trying to contort yourself into being what other people have told you you should be it's time to be you there's something very unique that you have to offer the world and the longer you wait from being your most authentic expression, you're doing a disservice to others. Because people yeah. are craving and praying for you to show up as as you in this world. Yeah, and you're craving it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much. Tune in next time.